What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 86. And on this week's show, we are going to be discussing Wonder Woman 1984, as well as the latest Pixar joint, Soul. And as usual, I am joined today by my co-host, Tom. What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Just, uh, you know, recuperating from an eventful Christmas. Cool. I'll uh, have to hear more about that momentarily, but welcome back, Travis. How's it going, man? Yo, yo, yo. Uh, Pretty good. That's right. We did have Christmas a few days ago. <laughs> it was like it just kind of came and went, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, did you guys have a good Christmas? What, did you, what kind of shenanigans you guys get into? Um, I will say I got some solid gifts. Some actually really good gifts this year. Mm. Nice little haul. But uh, as far as the celebration or the the act of Christmas, it was, uh, I don't know, it was pretty uneventful. We did like the, not the normal rounds, but we did a round of... Uh, visiting and um yeah it was solid maybe not the most memorable christmas but at least we had a christmas i guess <laughs> <laughs> nice the act of christmas is that the sequel to uh the act of killing <laughs> revisiting a gruesome incident <laughs> uh tom what about you uh i had family here which was uh, really nice um, we had to jump through a bunch of hoops to, you know, make that happen without violating the, the laws of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was worth it. You know, Vinny hasn't seen my parents for like six months and he hadn't seen my uncle for a year. So that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he, he's basically a different kid every, you know, two or three months. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, not much else to add to that, but it was, uh, it was just really nice to have them here. And, uh, very weird to have like a full house that took some <laughs> some getting used to uh and then you know afterward like when everybody was gone you ha- you go through the normal like uh you know what is life <laughs> after, <laughs> after christmas ends and you look around you're taking down decorations you're like what am i supposed to do with, my- with myself for the next week um but it was fun got some good gifts uh had a lot of good food way too many desserts Oh man! You know, oh yeah. We're, yep. we're not kids anymore. You know, we can't just be, we can't just be cramming our faces with multiple different types of brownies, while there are snickerdoodles and shortbread also on the table with pumpkin pie, two pumpkin pies ready to go. Like I don't, I don't understand why so much time was devoted to desserts, but um, there, there were certainly a lot of baked goods. I was stoked for dessert, but I can only like I when I was a kid, I used to have like, I'm going to have one of everything, you know, now it's like all I've got room for is like one thing. So there was like apple pie, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, banana, um, banana pudding or something. I get a sliver of each. Yeah. And uh, a chocolate cake. And I had I shared a piece of chocolate cake with Haley and I had. Actually, that's it. I think that's all. Nobody even opened the apple pie I brought, but to be fair, it was a store-bought apple pie. (laughs) And it meant more for me because I just got to take it home and eat it. (laughs) Yeah, see, Matt, you only have one room for one after dinner, but throughout the day, 
you can be replacing entire meals with cookies. Trust me. That's what I've been doing. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, between Chelsea and I, we were probably gifted, I don't know, anywhere from 150 to 200 cookies between moms and other family members. Um, just way too many fucking cookies. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a, a very lot. nice gesture. I love cookies. <laughs> but 200 of them that, you know, have maybe like a week-long shelf life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a high ask. You either uh, waste a lot of them or you go into diabetic shock gain, and have to gain get a limb pounds. amputated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, glad to hear you guys had uh, some swell Christmases. Um, I had a good Christmas. I FaceTimed with uh, my family in the morning. Got to see my nephew open his presents. Uh, Haley and I got him this sick like 12 inch tall uh like mario action figure you like tap his hands and he like makes sounds it's like 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 a like he's punching a coin you tap his fist and it makes a coin sound and you tap his hat and he says you know mario shit like oh wah, 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 wah. Woo-hoo! you know There's you, you guys know who in my boot. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> somebody's poisoned the water hole <laughs> all the classic mario zingers <laughs> Um, so that was cool getting to see him. I mean, he's he's four, so it's like he opens a present and he's like, "Wow!" And then immediately on to the next, you know, he just wants to mm-hmm. open the next one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was still nice. It was good to uh, spend Christmas morning with them. Um, and then we spent Christmas with Haley's grandparents. There's a small small group of us. Open presents, ate food. It was nice. It was pretty chill. And then Haley and I came home and ate pie and played Fortnite. We got my dad a headset, so my dad can talk now when we play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. It's pretty huge. Great. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's just cracking dad jokes left and right. It really brings the whole <laughs> the whole squad together. <clears throat> so yeah, That's good awesome. shit. Cool. Well, uh, anything else new? Anything? Uh, any housekeeping? Anybody wants to bring up before we uh, tackle some reviews? Hmm. I tried once in earnest to get the PS5, um, but you know it sold out in about. <laughs> five milliseconds so mm-hmm. i'm uh <clears throat> i don't i don't know when that's gonna happen not soon you're slacking dude trey got one for his brother too so he landed two ps5s dude who is of course he did that guy was the one getting all those fucking nes classics or whatever <laughs> <laughs> he was on it yeah he just uh you know the treasure truck is he following the amazon treasure truck around no, he got his from Costco, and he got uh, a Target for his brother. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're a teacher during a pandemic and you teach PE, I mean, you got a lot of time on your hands. So <laughs> he's uh, not doing much else. So he's got plenty of time to, you know, look at the Twitter hit notifications, refresh. hit refresh. <laughs> yeah, uh, you'll get there though. You'll get there. <laughs> cool. All right. Anything else? No, not for mm, me. I think I'm good. Cool. Short and sweet. All right. Well, we are going to be discussing Wonder Woman 1984 first. We have a clip. Let's go ahead and listen in. Citizens of the world. I'm here to change your life. Anything you want. Anything you dream of, you can have it. You'll break your saw ghost. Diana, look at you. 
It's like not one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything, while people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. All right, Wonder Woman 1984 is the latest film in the DC Universe. Directed by Patty Jenkins, returning from the first Wonder Woman film. Synopsis reads, Rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all-new foes, Max Lord and the Cheetah. Film stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, Robin Wright, and Connie Nielsen for like four seconds. Spoilers. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, How closely have you guys been following the Wonder Woman discourse? Uh, Zero. Uh, Not very much. (laughs) I saw initial reactions or impressions to it, and... I was thinking that people were being a little too uh a little too critical but um after watching it myself I have to agree. <laughs> so real quick before we get into our impressions. So initial reactions were actually extremely positive. So Disney basically cherry picked reviewers Disney. like critics who they were going to give uh, advance like uh, screener links to. So the initial reviews from like two months ago were overwhelmingly positive. Then the movie came out and it was just a tidal wave of people shitting on this movie, calling it an abomination, criticizing uh, some of the politics in it, and really just top to bottom kind of a shit show um it does still have its defenders but uh travis you kind of uh opened things up um why don't you uh start with your impressions my one sentence review i wish this movie was better boom got it <laughs> what a dumbass premise for a movie it is really <laughs> fucking stupid <laughs> it, i okay i don't want to just like sit here and just slam this movie because it's it's pretty like middle of the road, you know, fine blockbuster entertainment. But man, have we not seen this movie before? Like, and I know that's an easy criticism towards superhero movies, but like, I don't know, it's like to a T almost. The the plot points, the motivations, the set pieces, everything about it is just so by the numbers. And I don't know, it just... It was kind of disappointing. I mean, the first one wasn't like my favorite or anything, but I thought it was a solid origin story. And I just feel like this kind of took a step back rather than a step forward. (coughs) Well, and and the first Wonder Woman was cohesive. Like this movie is just a fucking mess. Like it opens and you have this scene like in a mall and everything's all eighties and there's an arcade and they're like walking around and it like feels very eighties. And, you know, we've seen a lot of that in recent years, you know, like mm-hmm. nostalgia sells, but at least it was appealing. They basically abandon the 
kind of 80s aesthetic in the second half of the film. And it just looks dull. The action sequences are super forgettable. Like, honestly, some of them are pretty bad. Like there's a scene um, where they're in Egypt and it's like a, a highway scene where they're like, you know, trying to take out the cars and she like swings and rescues some children. And it looked <laughs> so bad. Like I've, it's, you can tell in these movies that they're using, you know, green screens and CG, but I don't know if it was like an intentional nod to like the original wonder woman show or something, but there's a scene where she's like running on the highway and just like, it looks so fake and the way her body is moving looks so silly. Like maybe they're trying to pay homage to something, but it just, it looked like garbage. And yeah, I thought the same thing, like where there were some certain scenes that they were trying to make look iconic or memorable. And I was thinking maybe this is just a homage to the original wonder woman, but like, you're not doing anything for me right now. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm not familiar with the original wonder woman at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like the, the villains were terrible. I didn't like Kristen Wiig's character was awful. I mean, we can get into more of that later, mm -hmm. but like, I don't know, just her motivations and everything. Like she just seemed like so stereotypical and I don't know. I didn't really buy any of her character. I liked some of her like SNL-ness <laughs> early on. Early on, e yeah. But I don't know. I just never really bought that character as a whole. And then, um, isn't it, is Pedro Pascal? Is yeah. that the, it was cool seeing him in like a bigger, like more villainous role, I guess, than we've seen him in. He was way too over the top. And like the climax for both those characters or their arcs or whatever didn't pay off and weren't satisfying either. Especially Cheetah. When she, when she not I don't want to spoil anything, but when she fully becomes Cheetah, I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> like it looked so <laughs> stupid. Like it was bad enough when she just like started wearing like leopard print and she was like kind of a badass, <laughs> but when she like fully transformed, I was like, "Ugh!" It looks so bad. Um, but real quick, real quick on her character, that is very much a character archetype that we've seen in tons of other superhero stuff. The, the nerdy uh, chick who, you know, wears glasses and she's some sort of like secretary who has some sort of wrong doing that occurs. And she like becomes a villain. I mean, mm -hmm. Selena Kyle in Batman returns uh, poison Ivy and uh, Batman and Robin, like, the, the character arcs and the transformations of all three of those characters are very similar. Oversized glasses, like frames too big for yeah. their eyes, messy hair. And then when they actually become a villain, they're like super sexy and they have like flamboyant <laughs> outfits. And it's just like, we've done, we've seen this a million times. Like not only is that such a, like a, a cliche character trajectory, but, it was just so dumb. Like I didn't buy any of her motivations and she's not really given anything to do. Like well, I agree with you that Kristen Wiig, I liked her performance for at least the first half of the movie, but yeah. Woof. They set her up as like an intelligent person though. And yeah, 
like it doesn't really seem like she has like you know a sinister side to her but then she gets this little wishing rock and then she just turns completely evil overnight i, I don't know i didn't it all seems kind of stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. She gets she's power hungry or something. I don't know. Oh man, that. never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Tom? Where did you land on this one? Oh, we should say you were of the three of us the biggest fan of the original Wonder Woman. Um, so just to provide some context, uh, how did this one treat you? I was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it is so long. Oh my god, I make you unnecessarily. <laughs> So much time. Premise was awful. Um, we've been over that. I mean, just the fact that they brought Chris Pine back and the way in which they did it, and the fact that it's completely pointless and it doesn't advance anything in the like the canon of the character at all was just uh, nausea-inducing. And then, yeah, all of the campy like eighty stuff I hated. I don't have a hard on for the eighties. <laughs> In TV and movies, the way some people do. I mean, it's fun in Stranger Things, I guess. The re- everything else, I don't care. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, the villains. I didn't really understand why Kristen Wiig was even in this movie. Not the actress, just like her character. I, she doesn't really serve a purpose, except to just be a little bit more filler around how the premise comes to be, and then. Uh, and then, like, adding some action scenes toward the end. I, other than that, I, I don't really know why she's in the movie. And then Pedro Pascal's character is actually underdeveloped. Like, they just shoehorn some background information, you know, some, like, cutscenes right, <laughs> like, basically at his, at the moment of his demise. So, uh, Dude, th- that was, he was really strange. He was yeah. an asshole the entire movie, and then we're supposed to care at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> exactly. I thought the score was pretty um, forgettable, too. So generic. Uh, it was yeah. Hans Zimmer, too. Like, yeah, I know. What? <laughs> I don't know what the deal was. The action sucked. There's a scene that you guys were probably thinking of earlier when we were talking. I, I don't know if this is really a thing that Wonder Woman does in in um in canon but um it looked horrible you guys can probably think of the scene it's toward the end of the movie it looks so awkward <laughs> and like embarrassing uh yeah they they managed to make gal Gadot look bad a couple times in this movie which is not an easy feat you gotta work hard to do that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they make her look ridiculous, um, which is um, not something you you want Wonder Woman to do. What, so. I'm curious what part you're talking about. I'm not. Really... Well, we should we should talk. Uh, we should do a little spoiler section just because I want to make fun of that in one other scene. Yeah, there's a scene. You're not going to make fun of that gold too. armor, are you? No, that's pretty cool. Except that, that it was shining moments. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They I'm made that out to be this like huge thing, and then it's just like this fucking cheetah lady just like mm-hmm. breaks it apart in two minutes, and then off come the wings, and then. But you she know, did cool, cool in it. <laughs> that reminds me, the um, oh, also Sarah was really annoyed that she was wearing heels the entire movie. Um, <laughs> with her armor, it does look weird. 
Um, there are a couple. There, there are lots of things throughout the movie that are just like logical gaps, you know, or just these weird. Uh, there's a scene where someone's in the in the president's office, and uh, there's a literally a diagram in the back of the room detailing top secret plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how ridiculously unrealistic is that? There are also scenes where they kind of, it's almost like they make a joke out of it. It's like, we'll meet you here. Cut. We're there. They come bursting in the door and the other person goes, that was fast. And I'm like, yeah, that was, that was like awkwardly fast. <laughs> there was no transit, no time in transit. <laughs> it's just so clunky like the pacing of this film is like breakneck at times and then just like laboriously slow and stupid like the scene (laughs) where they go up in the plane and there's a fireworks show like fucking shoot me that was the worst they they it's the romance they had no (laughs) that was the best part (laughs) (laughs) they had no No. uh i guess strategy for balancing the romance of this movie with the plot because the two were, aside from the fact that the romance comes about via a ridiculous plot device, there's basically no correlation between the two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be fair, I like Chris Pine. I don't think he's the most interesting character, but, like, I liked having him around. I liked having Pedro Pascal around. I liked having Kristen Wiig around. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was this movie was only tolerable because of the casting and the characters, the way they're written on the page are just so uninteresting and so hard to comprehend what their motivations are. And so many just silly conveniences that like that stuff is all unforgivable, but it's not the worst movie of the year by any means, mostly just because they were at least trying. The actors are. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even when they had horrible lines of dialogue and I was like, wait, where are we now? What is happening? Why are we here? I still enjoyed watching these people on screen. It's a huge problem when the title character is the least interesting and the worst actor in the film. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big problem mm-hmm. with Gal Gadot. I think it was... um. I can't remember who it said. Some guy on Twitter uh, said Gal Gadot is all star and no actor. Like that's (laughs) she's just like (laughs) a pretty face and she is iconic, but she is a bad actor. She is attractive. I will give you that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she looks the part, right? I mean, she's she's an amazing Wonder Woman. But then you also get into some of the issues with the politics in the film regarding, you know, it is 1984. It is set during the cold war. So like some of it can be excused just given the time that it's set in, but like to have wonder woman who is supposed to be this like beacon of truth and, and feminism and, and heroism to be played by Gal Gadot and have her like rescue some Middle Eastern children. Like, I don't know how much you guys know about Gal Gadot, but she served, like she's from Israel and she served in the IDF and like Mm -hmm. is very pro Israel. So for her to like come in and save these, you know, 
Egyptian children and rescue them. It's like, yeah, right, Gal Gadot. Like, you were partly responsible or at least were enabling the murder daily of tons and tons and tons of Middle Eastern children. So it's like these these are the things that people are pointing out that they can't – it doesn't bother – me too much but i definitely see where where people are coming from where they can't disconnect gal gadut the human being from gal gadut wonder woman and what those two things represent like the dichotomy of that i had no idea of that stuff but i mean the movie's still bad regardless (laughs) oh yeah on top of all of some of the problematic stuff it's just not a good movie so whose fault is it because patty jenkins seems to be a sought after director which kind of blows my mind after watching this movie because I know Marvel has been trying to get her. I know she's in talks to do a Star Wars movie. They had to get her back for this one. So I don't know if we want to point the finger at her or not, but I don't... I mean, I, I love Monster. Don't get me wrong. That's a great movie. But beyond that, I don't really see why she's like this sought-after superhero movie director all of a sudden. Well, I mean, after the success... blockbuster movies, I guess I should say. Yeah. Well, I mean, now she's going to be doing Rogue Squadron. Like, she's she's a hot commodity. And to be fair... (laughs) Well, I mean, the first Wonder Woman, I thought, was one of the better superhero films. Like, not everything was great about it, but... I mean... Have you have you went back to rewatch it recently? No, I haven't. No, I haven't seen you it. Don't since care. It came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to be fair, this movie does have different screenwriters. So some guy uh, named Alan Heinberg did the screenplay for the first one, who you would know as the producer of Grey's Anatomy, Sex in the City, just a oh, yeah. just a, an all star. <laughs> um, <laughs> the OC co-executive producer, Gilmore oh, Girls. So just I mean, this guy's firing on all cylinders. Um, but uh, one of the writers of the new Wonder Woman 1984 um, was Jeff Johns. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's a very prominent uh, comic book writer. Mm. So, I mean, I think most of the issues lie within the script. So you can place some of the blame at Patty Jenkins feet, but she is credited as a as a screenwriter. So I don't know how bad it was before she came in, but uh, it's hard to say. I mean, if this movie had come out in theaters... Who's to say, right? Like, would it have been a box office bomb? Would the backlash have done anything to prevent people from seeing it? I mean, people still went out and saw fucking Batman versus Superman. That movie made over a billion dollars and people shit on it, you know? So, I mean, it's it's hard to say how this would have done um, if it had been released theatrically. But people are not uh, <laughs> not being very kind to it. That's for sure. Well, it's it's deserved. um okay any other uh general thoughts uh we could do like a brief like five minute uh spoiler section after we give star ratings anything else generally though i was gonna say that i did uh share the same wish as uh kristen wiggs character though i wish i could be as uh like smart and strong as diana or something like that nope she wants to be number one the apex predator Oh God, that's what ga- that's what gave us the cheetah. God, what a dumb line. Um, I mean, I can relate. You know, Apex, an Apex Legends player, I can relate. He's, <laughs> that was an Apex best. Legends joke for all you out there who are listening. 
<laughs> Only Tom got it. That's that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it until you pointed it out. <laughs> I wanted to make a joke in the middle of the movie, but uh, you know, no, like no one would have gotten it. And my mother-in-law <laughs> and Sarah, and I was like, mm, this will be lost on them. <laughs> um, I'm realizing after looking at IMDb that this movie was only like eight minutes longer than the first one, but it felt like an hour longer. Did it not? Yes. It felt like two hours longer. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and drop some star ratings and then we'll do a we'll do a brief uh, spoiler discussion on this one. Um, I ended up giving it a two out of five. Yeah, I'd give it a two. Um, I'll go two and a half. Damn. I will say it was sporadically entertaining. There were moments where I was like, okay, this is okay. But those moments were far and few between that it just couldn't save it from its own uh, its own silliness. Okay. Uh, if you have not seen Wonder Woman 1984, uh, check the show notes. Skip ahead a couple minutes. Um, Tom, I think it was you. There was something uh, you wanted to mention specifically in this section. Yes, there are three things. <laughs> oh, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a fourth. Robin Wright's accent is really bad. Uh, I don't even remember it. Like that that whole opening sequence terrible. was just I don't know fan service. Like, oh, you like the Menis- the Thanoskira stuff from the first movie? Well, here's ten minutes that has absolutely zero relevance to anything else that happens For in the movie. Real. What the oh, fuck? Just get Robin Wright in there. Connie Nielsen. I does she? Does Connie Nielsen even have a line? Maybe no. one. She she may say to Diana, "Better look next time, kiddo," or something like that. You know, I don't fucking know. But what the fuck? Yeah, not uh, the best. Okay. The first, so the scene I was talking about, the flying scene. Oh my God. Where she, wait, in the plane or where she learns to fly? Where she learns to fly. Absolutely the worst scene in the whole movie. What a joke. So stupid. The fact that Chris Pine, like, circles back to what Chris Pine's character said. He was like, flying's easy. It's just wind and blah, 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 whatever it was. And then she's like, oh. That, for her to all of a sudden be like aerodynamic enough to like carry like I don't even fucking understand what she's supposed to be doing like riding the wind it was so stupid I don't know but she's able to like control her body in the most absurd way like she just okay now I'm just gonna stand up straight in the middle of the sky and I'm gonna swirl my whip around and throw it ahead of me like f- it looked wrong f- just from a physics standpoint it looked so wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it completely any chance it had of keeping me in the scene was just dashed on the rocks of the execution (laughs) oh one more thing before we move on from that scene i have a question uh about the like how her lasso works is it like infinitely long because she like snags right. onto that fucking great, plane. Great question. I do not know. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, is it. <laughs> I, I guess it just can extend as far. I don't fucking know. That plane had to be like, I don't know, at least a half mile away or something, right? I mean, oh, it was she wasn't that close to it. It was a. It was a um, took me by surprise as well. Yeah. <laughs> when that happened, I was like, what? I and will say that 
Oh, go ahead, Tom. Well, I was just going to say what I found even more disturbing was when she's flying through the air and then she arrives at her destination wearing gold armor. I'm like, did you stop at your apartment <laughs> <laughs> on the way? What happened? That's true. I didn't even, yeah, think about it. <laughs> she had to make a quick pit stop. Unexplained. But yeah, what I was going to say is um, this movie was giving me, I should have said this in the non-spoiler section, but uh, it was giving me huge Spider-Man vibes with like all the... It was like, you know, her lasso instead of his uh, string or whatever. And then just like, I don't know, there was like so many moments where she went out of her way to save people. And that just seems like a Spider-Man thing. And uh, I don't know, it was kind of It annoying. was giving me Tarzan vibes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she saved a couple people with her, her whip or whatever. And then yeah. in the White House, she was like making sure all the security officers oh, right. landed safely. And... That just seems like a Spider-Man thing. But. Um, that's a superhero thing. And Superman does that shit too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <Not all movie. laughs> um, okay. He says people Tom. who jump out of or fall out of buildings. He doesn't say people who got punched in the face like and catch them right <laughs> before they hit their head on the ground. Spider-Man helps everybody, dude. If you drop your burrito, no, 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 he'll catch it. Oh, Superman. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay. Ahead. There's another one. Um, the dude who, like, uh, well, Pedro Pascal. He ends the movie with this, like, heartwarming embrace with the sun. Shouldn't there be, I mean, there should be sirens going. That guy's going to prison for life. Like, he's not going to see his son <laughs> at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's another thing that bothered me. Last thing that bothered me was a cameo at the end. It was so dumb. Came out oh of nowhere. God. And then so they just hit you over the face with a, by the way, guys, that was a cameo of blah, 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 playing this person. Do you remember that? Credits yes. instantly, Wait, right afterward. Did I Smack. fucking black out? What was the cameo? I think they came after the credits. You might oh, have I didn't like stick around. Maybe two minutes. Who, what was it? It was um, uh, the Linda Carter. Is that her name? The original I, Wonder Woman. Oh, Barf. Are you kidding me? She's walking along. She's wearing a robe. You can't tell who she is. And then she catches <sighs> some pole that's falling down. And someone says, oh, how'd you do that? And she just gives the same line that Wonder Woman gave. Like, oh, you just shift your weight. It's easy mm -hmm. once you learn. Blah, blah, blah. And then they ask her name. And it's some name that I guess we're supposed to know. It's not Wonder Woman. It's like Adriana or something. And then, uh, she... oh yeah, I, th I think it was the the character that they were alluding to. Oh, um, right, the one who in the oh, flashback or whatever. Yeah, with, yes. with the armor. Okay, but she's in modern day. Yeah, and then she just turns and winks at the camera, and I was uh, like, did she wink? Because I mean, it, it's kind of implied. <laughs> Sarah, uh, Sarah's mom goes, "That's Linda Carter," and then, boom, Linda Carter as. Adriana or whatever. Yeah, it's like it says like special appearance by <laughs> Linda Carter, literally right after the cameo. It's like oh, oh <laughs> so great. stupid. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I that got seems the fuck, so unnecessary. I got the fuck out of there as soon as I heard the end credits music. I was like, get me out of here! I can't do this anymore. I should have known better. I should have known there was gonna be a stinger. Um, yeah. Uh, was there another one, Tom, or was that uh, was that the third one? No, that was the last. <laughs> Those my, were the three. My most prominent grievances. Oh man, that what I had already detailed. What a nightmare, Travis. Anything you wanted to bring up in spoilers? 
Um, no, not really. Pretty disappointing movie overall. Yeah. Not just, that I was like over the moon about it to begin with, but Right. You weren't like champing at the bit. Definitely like, not excited for any other installment. <laughs> <laughs> um again, just cannot reiterate enough how stupid the cheetah looked when she went full <laughs> cheetah. Just the never worst. You <laughs> can never go full cheetah. For a right? <laughs> <laughs> just the design. Like she had a fucking tail and everything. Yeah, like, she looked terrible. Oh fuck. All right. Shall we move on? Let's do it. All right. We are going to be discussing the new Pixar film, Soul. We got a clip. Let's listen in. One, two, three, four. Stay on the beat. Two, three, four. That's in sharp horns. I see you, Caleb. Cut it, go for it. Way to go. <laughs> hang on, hang on. What are y'all laughing at? So Connie got a little lost in it. That's a good thing. Okay, Soul is the new Pixar animated film. Plot synopsis reads, A musician has lost his passion for music. Wait, a musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. This is directed and uh, written by Pete Docter and Kemp powers they share directing credits and writing credits uh film features the voices of jamie fox tina fey graham norton richard aote uh quest love angela bassett and uh david diggs uh so i can start things off on on this one um should say tom uh did not have a chance to watch this one so this will just be uh me and Travis, so there won't be any spoilers on this one. Don't worry, Tom. Um, but having said that, um, I am the resident Pixar fanboy. Um, I absolutely love Pixar's films. Uh, they have only had one or two stinkers in their long and storied career. So always looking forward to a new, new Pixar film. And... Soul may be the best Pixar film yet. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't think you were going there. Oh my god! It is. Oh my god! Top top tier Pixar. Holy shit! I don't know if it's is this the a very best? No, 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 no. So. Pete Doctor is the man. So he also directed Inside Out, which is my favorite Pixar film. And then, you know, you got Coco and you got Toy Story in there, Wally and shit. But, um, dude, this is just a watered down version of Coco and Inside Out. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I absolutely loved it. Um, sure, conceptually, it's very similar to Inside Out. Um, but, 
Whereas Inside Out was more of an exploration of, you know, your feelings and how to deal with them and, and the balance between different emotions and how it's okay to feel emotions and let them get the better of you. This is more existential. It's about, you know, what, um, what living a fulfilling life means. And it went some places by the end of it that I, was not expecting and definitely made me cry. Um, it's not a perfect movie. I mean, there definitely are some issues specifically. You just said it was the best Pixar movie. Yeah. How is, how is it not perfect? Well. <laughs> many of perfect films. <laughs> so here's the thing. So I there is also some discourse surrounding Soul in regards to its treatment of its black characters specifically Jamie Foxx's character, who's the main character. And this is a Disney thing, right? I mean, this is this is a body swap movie without getting too specific. And they did Disney did the same thing with The Princess and the Frog. They had a Disney film with a black lead character, and she didn't even spend most of the movie in her own body. And this film does the same thing. Like Disney can't allow a black character to actually exist as a black person for the entire duration of a film. And I totally, I, I get that reading. I doubt it's intentional. In no, I don't see. I don't think it's intentional. I do think I blame that more on Disney than I do on Pixar. Like I honestly think if, Disney didn't own Pixar, I think they would be a lot more courageous with Even the storytelling. I, I think so, though. I mean, I, I do feel like that's the whole thing with Pixar, right, is that they are kids' movies that feel like they were made for adults. But there are those elements this one, of... more so than a lot of them. You think so? I think this is one of the more least kid-friendly Pixar movies. I just don't really feel like there's anything for them to really like grab onto, and the the concept is somewhat convoluted or not really explained as well as some of the other high concepts that they've explored, and it's just not very funny to me. I don't know. I didn't find it that entertaining. Uh, I guess I really haven't... I know I'm kind of coming from the negative side. I did like the movie. I just didn't think it was like the, it wasn't top tier Pixar in my opinion. And it just felt like a, like it was rehashing some of the same ideas in Coco in Inside Out, but just didn't handle them as well. I don't know. Maybe like the ending felt a little rushed or something, but I just didn't get that like, that full pull, you know, it didn't completely grab me. Sure. No, I get what you're saying. I th I think I felt, this is going to sound super corny, but I felt seen by this film, like just in its depiction of, so the part of the issue, not the issue, not the issue with the film. Uh, the main character's issue is that he 
is not happy because he hasn't gotten his his big break in music. And without being too specific, because I don't want to spoil anything for Tom, the there's a moment, uh, maybe with about 15 minutes left to the end, where he finds his spark, or at least he realizes what the spark was, and there's a montage that plays. And that, you know, as I consider myself a creative person, and I've always struggled with balancing, like, with your spark my well my six like you know <laughs> to use the movies terms right <laughs> well i more so mean that y- your happiness should not be derived from or at least exclusively from an artistic um your your ultimate goal should not be validation for your art right i mean that's kind of where the movie lands is that you could spend your whole life trying to be something and then you haven't really lived your life like that montage like broke me i I, do you know what i'm talking about travis the montage i'm referring to yeah and i just i i totally get that and like relating to it and i'm sure we can all relate to this movie to an extent but I mean, this idea is not like anything new. I mean, people have been struggling oh, sure. with this for ever since humans were a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're, you're totally right. Yeah, I, I just think the execution wasn't as well as it should have been. Like, I just feel like it kind of lost its footing a little bit towards the end, and it just felt like I said, just. Like it was trying to do the same thing as Inside Out and Coco to to a certain degree. So to kind of go down a different track, um, just give Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross the, the Oscar for best score like right now. Did you fucking <laughs> love this thing? I was losing my mind. I didn't even realize it was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I didn't realize until the that until you said it. Until I said it? Yeah, dude, yeah. that was literally it was them. <laughs> It's like super synthy. Like the whole time I was like, what the fuck? This is weird for a Pixar movie. But I, oh my God. Like that first scene where they see um, the great beyond, like that music that was playing and towards the end where there's a scene where they're like falling and the music just like crescendos. Oh my God. I love the music in this thing. The music was good, but. The Great Beyond, can you not say that that was not, like, at least slightly disappointing as far as just, like, a a, a world or an idea? I, I didn't feel like it was fully, like, fleshed out or... I don't know. I was expecting more from The Great Beyond. See, I think that was perfect because, again, I don't, I want to tiptoe around this, but you don't... They don't show you the great beyond because we don't fucking know. Nobody knows. Like, I know a lot of the mechanics in this film are, are made up, right? So, you know, there's this, like... Travis will not accept this. <laughs> there's this... A lot of stuff they make up. This this purgatory state, obviously, that doesn't exist either. But I like the visual representation of it. And I like that the movie doesn't try and say that they know what happens after you die. Like, I think that's what makes this the most. How are you going to sell toys from the great beyond? Come on. 
Dude, mm. those little soul <laughs> puffs, they're they're adorable. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I did love the art design in the, in the what do they call it? The great uh before, right? Is what they call it. Um loved it. The colors were popping on my QLEDs. Um I was just oh I was creaming my jeans watching this thing. Um I loved the design of uh the Jerry's. I mean, it's very simple, but the way that they uh, stood out from the backgrounds. Loved it. Mm, consider yourself a Jerry. <laughs> I loved it, dude. You're a Grinch. You're a Christmas Grinch. No, 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 no. I did not want to dislike this movie. I wanted to love this movie, but it just, I don't know. It didn't really quite affect me the way it affected you. I'm not trying to be a hater, I promise. I oh, just, no, no. I get it. Um, it's just uh, I expect a lot from Pixar, and um, this one just kind of felt like a rehash more than a, a new idea. I think what I appreciate the most about Pixar is they take these very heady concepts and they make it palatable for kids, but enjoyable for adults. And I I just love how universal these films feel like I, when I'm watching a Pixar movie, I don't feel like I'm watching a kid's movie. It just feels the way they can distill these ideas down into very palatable, simple concepts that yes, can also sell toys. I think it's just genius. Like I think the way you're right that this, idea has been explored before sure in a million things but just the way that they put their own spin on it and they make it potent and heartfelt while also making it not too cerebral or or beyond a child's understanding like they make these ideas um consumable in a way that everybody can get and i just i love that like you might call that simple but i think that there's a a certain genius to the way that they are able to convey these rather complex concepts in a way that you know makes sense that kids can understand and adults can you know be moved to tears by Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely appreciate that stuff. I just, I don't really feel like kids will appreciate this movie in any way or shape that you have. I don't know. It just doesn't really, like, it doesn't really feel like a kid's movie other than it being an animated movie and under the Disney umbrella. Right, yeah. I mean, fuck kids. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if a kid watches this and is like, Daddy, what's happening? Like, I don't give a fuck, but it no, seems I know, but palatable to me. To if we're kid. reviewing this as a kid's movie, I wouldn't. I don't think it's really made for kids. I'm not going to say it's a, a good kid's movie or a bad kid's movie because I don't even really know what that means. But I would imagine if you, you know, you pulled 100 kids from varying ages and you showed them this or like Trolls World Tour both you know animated kids movies dealing with music they're all going to go towards trolls world tour and that's not a that's not like a a dig at soul i just i don't think it's really made for kids so i'm actually curious so my my nephew um he's going to be right, 5 yeah. in VR march test subject yeah he <laughs> he loves pixar movies he watches them all the time and i'm curious you're, you're 
you know, pushing that down his throat. Mm. Not once <laughs> have I done that. <laughs> Other than I fucking pay for Disney Plus and my sister's a leech. <laughs> You've hid everything on Disney Plus except <laughs> Pixar's collection. <laughs> Just Mandalorian and Pixar. <laughs> yeah. You gotta take advantage of those parental controls. Um, oh. But I, I am curious. I mean, I do... I think there's stuff here for kids. I mean, I was loving the cat stuff. I mean, when he just like starts licking his butthole and he's like, oh my God. And he like, you know, gags like killer. Love <laughs> best joke in the film. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, loving the cat stuff. Um, it's, it's visually pleasing. Um, but you're right. I mean, is it going to be hard for them to sell toys? Probably. I mean, they don't think, that was the intention, but you know, Disney's got to get their money somewhere. Um, before we move on, I do just want to say, while there are definitely a lot of voices out there, um, from a lot of different perspectives regarding how this movie does with its portrayal of its black characters. While I do read all of those reviews and look at the fucking tweets and I acknowledge all of all of the the issues and concerns that people have with the film. I do think it's pretty rad that we have this mainstream Disney film that is centered around not just centered around black characters, but it is at least trying to be honest and not deal too much in in stereotypes or tropes i mean i think of the barbershop scene that i thought was incredibly well done i mean i think of mm-hmm. the finance the family dynamic between his aunties and his his mom and the you know the disapproving nature of you know him following in his father's footsteps and her wanting what's best for her kids and and just these dynamics like there's barely any characters in this film that aren't a person of color. I mean, across the board, whether it's the students at his inner city school or it's the people at the barbershop or it's just any, the most by and large, the people he's interacting with are people of color. And I do think it's so cool and important for young kids who are not tuned into the fucking Twitter discourse and the black lives matter movement. I mean, not to say that people aren't teaching their kids about this stuff, but you know, like to be three or four years old and to be able to watch a movie with people who look like you. Like, I think that's really cool. And, um, I think what Pixar has done here is, is awesome. They are getting there. I mean, Coco was a step in the right direction and, um, soul continues that. Yeah, I mean, Pixar took care of my people first, and now they're like, uh, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, we should probably uh, touch on some black stories. <laughs> I mean, they tried to do a Princess and the Frog, but yeah, no, totally. And I think I think they are getting some fresh blood in the studios. I mean, yeah, Pete, Doc- Pete Doctor is an old white dude, but, you know, at least I got that sex offender, John Lasseter, out there. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> take your word for it fuck that guy oh um, he's a sexual harasser i should say not offender <laughs> anyway anything else on uh on soul before we drop stars um i do want to circle back to your initial reaction saying that this was like top pixar so what did you really mean when you said that I mean that I need to watch it again, but on a first viewing, I absolutely loved it, and I would put it up there with 
Inside Out, and Coco as my favorite so Pixar. Those films. are your three. Those are my three and pro- original Pete, Toy are Story. Are you just a Pete Doctor? <laughs> I guess so. Because, I mean, Monsters, Inc., um, I love. You know, it's a little simpler conceptually, but I love Monsters, Inc. Up, I have my issues with, but, I mean, the three, not counting Coco, but Up, Inside Out, Soul, for me, the most emotionally potent and impactful films that really mm-hmm. hit me the hardest. I mean, Toy Story 3, obviously, uh, but a lot of that is nostalgia, right? And we grew up with those characters. So, I mean, uh, I only give the movie so much credit uh, for how it made me feel just because there's a lot of history there. But yeah, Inside Out, Coco, and Soul, for me, are my favorite Pixar films. As it stands right now. You know, I'm going to revisit this one, but... That's where I am on a first watch. So wait, Coco. I don't think I don't think Pink Doctor had anything to do with Coco. Mm-mm. Just no, he didn't. Inside Out, Up, Monsters Inc. and Soul. Yes, but Inside Out and Soul, those are both Pete Doctor. I was just saying, you know, Coco is the is my other favorite, and I think it's mm-hmm. incredibly well done. Not Pete Doctor, but yeah, I need to watch Coco again. I remember really liking it in the theater, but I feel like. Part of my experience was slightly soured by the fucking thirty-minute Frozen short. Oh, that, uh, oh I forgot it. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would probably have to give it to one of the Toy Story movies. It's hard to pick a favorite out of those because they're all so good. But man, you can't yeah. do much better than the Toy Story movies. Yeah, Toy Story one is up there too. I think I think Toy Story is still their funniest movie. Very yeah, cool. I mean, out of out of a. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd still give the edge to Inside Out, and I think I'd probably like Coco more than Inside Out and Soul. Um, it's probably like Soul's probably like I don't know, somewhere in the mid tier. Maybe I don't know how many tiers are there. <laughs> Bottom of the mid top tier. <laughs> well, like yeah, there's mid. There's top top tier, top tier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, well, there's another tier in there somewhere, like pretty good Premier. tier and then mid tier. And then you've got the bottom of the rung stuff like cars Two, uh, good dinosaur, um, brave, onward. arguably, uh, onward. I would say as middle tier. I never saw it. Onward, onward was pretty good. I liked onward. So where, Soul where is better a, than onward. A Bug's Life fit in here? A Bug's Life is middle tier for sure. Dude, but A Bug's Life is great. That's top tier. Oh, they're all good. The only I think legitimately the only bad movie that Pixar has made is Cars 2. I think that's the only legitimately bad movie they've made. Everything else is three stars or above. Most of them are four or higher. I would agree with that. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, what about Soul? What's the star rating on this one? Soul is going to get a 3.5 from me. It's a five banger for me. You knew it from the start. As soon yeah. as I said uh, <laughs> my first words out of my mouth in this review. Yeah, it's a fiver. Loved did it. Did I call it or did I not, Tom? I'm pretty sure the other night when we were playing, I made some comment about watch. Matt's going to love it. Saying it's top picks. <laughs> blah, blah, I, I predicted blah. that Matt. He cried. <laughs> oh, I cried. Uh, at least twice. <laughs> Pretty hard, too. 
Good. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Did uh, Haley enjoy it as much as you? No, not as much as me, but she did like it. Uh, she prefers Inside Out. And I think I probably I probably do, too. We'll have to wait and see after a couple rewatches, but it's hard to top Bing Bong. That is true. <laughs> uh, cool. Tom, I'm, I'm very curious whenever you catch up with this one to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think he'll probably fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You probably like it a bit more than me. Not as much as Matt. That sounds that sounds right. <laughs> sounds right. Cool. All right. Well, let's move into what we've been watching. Um, real quick, I'm not going to go first, but I do need to mention, uh, as you guys know, I have a movie goal where I try... My goal for the past six years has been to watch 182 movies I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I am at 181 as of today. So I've got to watch one more movie to meet my goal for the first time in six years. Man, since it I started took a it. pandemic to get you to achieve Right? <laughs> <laughs> the closest I had ever gotten was last year, I think. I think it was last year. And I, I watched like 156 films that I had never seen before. So have you uh, set aside something special? Maybe Tenet? Uh, I did mm-hmm. uh, pop mm-hmm. on the 4K as well as the Lord nice. of the Rings 4K, but that's not in stock oh. till like beginning oh, of February. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I haven't decided yet. Probably Maybe Mandy rewatch. Oh, barf. <laughs> oh wait, no, that doesn't count. Trash humpers. Seen it. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a movie <laughs> I haven't seen before. So maybe Tenet. I don't know. It's got to be um, either tomorrow or Thursday. I have two fucking days left, so Whoa. we'll see. I'm, you I'm can't not gonna fall one short. I mean, oh, absolutely not. There's no way I'm gonna fall short. I'll find a 70 minute movie for you if you if you need me to. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it shouldn't be too hard. Um, so anyway, I'm excited about that. Finally, uh, meeting that goal. I have a list in my notes uh, on my iPhone uh, going back, starting in 2015. So 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, and then now 20. So this is the sixth year. I have had this goal. Do Finally you doing it. Backed up to the iCloud just in case? Yep, I do. Thank God. <laughs> I, I did not have pictures backed up to the cloud, but I did have my notes. So when I got my new phone, I lost all my pictures, but not the notes. Not important. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Just pictures of cats anyway and memes. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, what have you guys been watching uh, since we last recorded? Anything good? Anything memorable? Mm. Finish Big Mouth. Oh yeah, really good. Solid season. Uh, it was good. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably my least favorite so far. Um, I th- I think they did some cool stuff. Definitely more adventurous. Uh, with some. Of I the feel concepts, like it started out strong, but as the episodes went on, I was just like, yeah. I mean, this is solid, but it just know. didn't make me laugh nearly as much as some of the other seasons. I don't know. I mean, I I did still enjoy it, but the camp stuff. The first like what two three episodes at the camp. Uh, those were probably my favorites. There were there were moments that were um, were good, but I'm very glad that they brought. Um, oh, what's that? What's his fucking name? Eugene? Is that his name? Well, I don't know. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rick. That guy, Rick. Yes, <laughs> that guy's the best. <laughs> he, I used to be really annoyed by him, but I loved him this season. Yeah, he's he's he's. Yeah. Like, oh, you gotta know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big Mouth was good. 
I enjoyed that. Uh, let's see. I watched about 40 minutes of Lord of the Rings. It was on over the holidays. Loved it. Oh, my <laughs> God. You know, just put it right back up at the top of all cinema. Mm-hmm. Where it belongs. That's right. Um, oh, Sarah and I watched the first episode of uh, uh, that show, The Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay. Uh, yesterday. I really liked it. I'm interested. It's pretty promising. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I don't think Travis has. Have not. Nah. I'm curious. How many episodes are, uh, are we dealing with here? I don't know. Um, probably, you know, eight. Mm, pretty standard. The, the usual. I'll probably check it out. I got HBO Max now, so probably pull yeah, the trigger on it. Too, and later. I finally figured yeah, out how I'll to get into out. it. So I was looking around and getting really. Well, they finally put it on Roku. Know. Is that what yeah. you're referring to? Oh. By figuring it out? No. Hmm. <laughs> I just didn't understand if you had to go somewhere different for HBO Max. What? You know? Yeah, it's like a whole different app. Yeah. Okay. You didn't figure well, that I out until. Why they didn't. No, it's confusing. It's confusing. It for is everyone. confusing. I will. Yeah. I is. will admit that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I didn't bother. I had other stuff to watch, so it was, it was like, whatever. And it's very unclear to me, like, what is on HBO Max versus what is on normal HBO. I don't really understand the play here, but whatever. I'm assuming the goal is to eventually convert everyone to HBO Max, and that'll just be the new HBO. But I, Why I don't know. Why don't they just put this stuff on HBO? I don't know. It just it's, it all seems weird because there's like HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max. Maybe some of those don't exist now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, how much? How much <laughs> is HBO Max? I don't know. How 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 much is HBO Max as a standalone service? Because I I, I just know. pay for HBO I think and it's I, 15. I get HBO Max. Okay, so it's the same as HBO. So yeah, why the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. They are different, though. Like, it, if you go to just HBO, that has yeah, movies on different. there, but, you know, they are it's different. 10 episodes, by the way. 10 episodes, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what they're doing, but HBO Max is a pretty cool service. I mean, their app is kind of shitty. It, it, like, freezes on me a lot when I'm trying to load content, but mm. um, they got some good shit on there. Have any either of you guys seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Yeah, I just watched it uh, yesterday. How was it? Oh, it was pretty good. Um, I gave it a four out of five. Um, Solid. It's um, <clears throat> it's an adaptation of a play. Uh, it definitely feels like it. Um, it was it was good. I I did like it quite a bit. I think the performances, two two of the best of the year, um, Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis. I think they are both incredible in it. Um. And I like the dialogue, but it's a little slow. I mean, it's a it's an adaptation of a play, so it, it's very talky. Um, it's basically about this like uh, Viola Davis plays this semi successful uh, jazz singer, and the whole movie takes place like around a recording session. Um, so it's it's mostly just one location. They move around a little bit, but it's about you know the 
dynamics within the band and Chadwick Boseman kind of plays this like braggadocious like you know I'm gonna start my own band and I'm gonna be a, a legend and I'm gonna make all this money so it's like him being like this and all of his other bandmates trying to you know keep him in check and tell him he's just there because they are paying him to be there you know so there's definitely some interesting scenes um some shit happens toward the end that i was not expecting but it was powerful um it's good i i liked it quite a bit it's it's you you're, you should go there for the performances for sure definitely worth a watch if you're uh fishing for cram jam titles it's uh, I'd give her I'd give her a poke. I give I'd give Ma Rainey's Black Bottom a little poke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good shit. Why do you ask? You just uh you heard about it or someone asking you no, about you it? Know, every once in a while I go on Rotten Tomatoes and see what the scores are. It's got like a nine or something. Yeah. Check that the high, score. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I have stopped using Rotten Tomatoes as my metric, and I use Letterboxd as my metric now. Like, I look at the average score. You know, that's probably a better way to do it, honestly. Yeah, I feel like I follow enough people that, you know, I have a general taste for, and I kind of go off of what they say. Oh, I do that too, but mostly I was just looking. If I, like, want to know if a movie's any good, I just pull it up on Letterboxd, and I just look at the average score like for the movie you know so overall. what's what's considered a good score to you what's what's a good average 3.5 and above well if it's above a three i will watch it without hesitation if it's below three i'm like uh, i doubt are that many movies below three? Oh yeah dude lots of movies are below a three I've watched multiple movies below a three. I watched this shitty 2020 movie called Ava uh, with Jessica Chastain a couple weeks ago. Kind of curious about that. Uh, Average on Letterboxd is a 2.1. Very bad. Um, Did not like it. Jessica Chastain's, you know, she's good, but it's a a shit movie. Was she hot in it? Oh, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Um, That's a bummer. The Princess Switch switched again. 2.2 2.2 on Letterboxd. I watched that. You know, so I would say I mean, three these point would be movies I would normally be <laughs> pressing play on. Well, sure. <laughs> but, you know, if it's, I would say 3.5 and above, I would consider okay. a good score. Okay, yeah. anything less than that is trash. I'll, uh, yep, them's the rules. I'll note that for the future. <laughs> um,. What Your else you guys got? might actually uh, apply to most of the movies I've watched. I'm going through my diary right now. Ooh, Tenet just barely made the cut. 3.5. How does that make you feel, they just, Travis? They just didn't get it. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't get it either. So <laughs> I can't really say. <laughs> can't wait to rewatch it, though. How do I watch that? Is it on Prime now? Or just you can rent, rent it on Amazon? But... Yeah, you can rent Tom, it. Tom, did I ever give you access to my voodoo? Mm-mm. I thought I gave you my Uh Please don't. It's too much. I have access to <laughs> so many things. I mean, it's an exclusive library of just endless bangers, but 
Yeah, but I have to divide <laughs> my time. You know, I have lots of Apex Legends to play. Plus, the Blazers are playing again now. By the way, they beat the Lakers last night. It was awesome. You have to watch Tenet, though. You can't just, like, pretend it's just another movie. It's not, Do we're not I? talking or Ava can I just here. go to 35 Tenet. years of Studio Ghibli <laughs> on HBO Max and watch all the Studio Ghibli movies I haven't seen? But you're not going to do that, so just watch Tenet. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to watch The Cat you're... Returns, but I might watch Princess Mononoke. I don't hmm. know. Yeah, that one's pretty good. If you didn't watch Soul, you're not going to watch those. You know what movie was really boring was the, <laughs> the tale of the Princess Kaguya. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. People like that movie though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's boring as hell. Oh, people are losing their mind over uh, the Wolf Walkers too. That's an yeah, app. That's an that. Apple original though. I need to do my free trial and bang a few out that I've missed, like Boy State on the Rocks. Oh yeah, on the maybe rocks. Greyhound. I don't. We'll see. See if I have enough time in my trial. <laughs> oh, the fucking Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, it's true. You never know. Um, What about you, Travis? Have you been watching anything lately? Mm, I've been trying to do some 2020 cramming. Hasn't been going as well as I thought, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm checking things off my list. I watched a uh, document. I'm just going to... How about I just burn through these because I don't have a ton to say about any of them, but sure. I watched quite a few, so... I uh, watched the documentary Time on Amazon Prime. Either you, I literally, I literally watched it today. Nice. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was good, mainly for like the last ten or twenty minutes. That really uh, kind of brought you know, it home for you. Brought it home for me. <laughs> um, there was a good payoff to the whole story, but I mean, the documentary itself. I don't know. It w- it was fine. It was a little short, and there's a lot of like home footage, and it's it's very personal. So I guess maybe that's mm-hmm. where some of the disconnect is. But just like as a story and the the resolution of the story, I thought was pretty great. And um, I guess I like the construction of it and like some of the like filler scenes and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the the main takeaway is just to kind of see how it progresses. Yeah, I I, I like that movie quite a bit. I mean, I, I wasn't going to bring it up just because I've been watching a ton of stuff and some things will probably come up when we do our best of 2020 uh, show in a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's short, it's like 82 minutes. Um, I like, like you said, the construction of it. It, it definitely is deliberately paced um i found there was a lot of beauty in like the composition of some of the shots and that intertwining that in with the you know the personal footage of you know Mm -hmm. she was recording um when uh he was incarcerated um i thought that stuff was good and just to get the different perspectives in the family and just see what these people have gone through and what this woman has done for her family like you got to give that woman props she did a good fucking job with her kids you know what i mean like well and she documented it all which is pretty cool i mean we might see that more you know 
in the future just because everyone has access to cameras and stuff these days but i just for her to like document the whole process and you know her kids growing up and stuff and including that documentary was pretty cool yeah, I like the the voiceover uh, narration too. I like to bring in different members of the family to provide kind of almost Terrence Malick esque like kind of stargazing uh, narration. I like those moments too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good job. Um, I also watched the Social Dilemma on Netflix, the mm-hmm. um, social media scare documentary. I don't know what you <laughs> want to call it. Uh, I didn't really care for it. I I know social media can be bad for you, and I know my phone is spying on me, so watching this didn't really like enlighten anything for me. <laughs> I really hated the the whole reenactment family or whatever, like the yes. dramatization yes. bullshit. What was that doing in the documentary? That was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much killed that for me. Um, I saw... I'm Your Woman. It's a new Amazon Prime movie. It's kind of the... Um, so it, it's it's kind of like your typical 70s or, you know, gritty crime drama type movie, but instead of following the dude who is typically the one doing these kind of acts, it follows the woman and just how she has to deal with the dude, you know, getting involved with this... Uh, gritty shadiness of life or uh career path or whatever uh it was okay i i don't know i like i kind of like the subversiveness of it but beyond that i didn't really think it was that entertaining and it didn't really go anywhere that much i just seemed like kind of like an exercise to do something different it was it was fine. It was well made and all that, but I don't know. I just didn't really find the story that engaging. Um, I watched Lovers Rock, one of the uh, small acts movies, the um, the like five part Steve McQueen thing on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Lovers Rock has been touted as one of the better ones of the five. It seems like that's kind of the clear favorite. Um, maybe that's just me guessing but i don't know of the stuff i've heard it sounds like (laughs) lover's rock is the one to watch um i like this one quite a bit it's pretty short and also um kind of light i don't know it's kind of just something you more experience than watch like there's not much plot to it it's more of just like a time and a place captured and you just you know kind of follow the the few characters that are involved with this one night um but it was solid for, I would call it more of like an experiment than anything. Not that it was like a failed experiment or it was a bad movie. It just it just felt a little slight. And maybe that's kind of the whole point of the, the series. But um, I thought it was solid. It was definitely worth a watch. Um, someone else want to go? Um, I only have a couple that I, that I, I want to bring up. Um... First thing, real quick, Christmas Eve, had to watch Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. The best <laughs> Christmas movie. It's not even close. It's a five banger. I <laughs> no, fucking love that movie. God. So funny. Makes my heart sing every time. Um, what else we got here? Oh, first time watch, uh, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Uh, um, is that the second one? Yeah. 
I saw so you'd seen the first one. Yeah, so I've seen uh, uh, an unexpected journey. I saw that in the theater. Um, I liked an unexpected journey just fine. Um, Desolation of Smaug. Uh, I mean, I like spending time in this universe, so I did enjoy it. But God, like. It's just so long. Like <laughs> the Hobbit is like a 250 page children's book that got turned into fucking three, two and a half hour movies. It's just too much. Like there's too much filler. Uh, it's just too disjointed. Like the characters that were created specifically for the film just aren't that interesting. And I don't know. I just, I don't like following around a bunch of dwarves. Like part of what I like about uh, the Lord of the Rings is that you've got Aragorn and he's his own thing. And then you got Legolas who's an elf and he's his own thing. And Gimli, like to just be following this group of dwarves with fucking Bilbo Baggins. Like I'm just not that invested in their story. And the biggest thing, more than anything else, is just the digital effects. It's all digital, and it looks fine, but you can't replace the uh, the aesthetic of the you know the orcs, how gross and and disturbing they look in the in the original trilogy, and and just the way they do the set design, and it's just too it's too fake looking. I don't know. I, I had a hard time getting invested. Um, not a bad movie, but I'll, I'll get around to the Battle of Five Armies, but I'm not in any rush. Um, so Yeah, no one is really uh, making me want to uh, hurry to watch this trilogy. If anything, I'd rather just yourself. go back and watch the original trilogy because I haven't seen that nearly as many times as I should have. So. Right. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's all, really. That's all you need. Um <laughs> What else? I'm going to save some of this stuff for uh 2020 wrap up. Um Oh man, we got to check that diary. What's Matt been watching? <laughs> I've been watching a lot. You keeping some stuff under wraps? I just don't really you feel like some logs. No, you can it's all fucking there. Everything's <laughs> logged except for soul. <laughs> um I just don't want to I just don't want to blow my load early, you know what I mean? I mm. get it. I get it. Um you know what? Fuck it. That's it. That's all I got. No That's more. all he's got. I don't want to waste the viewer's time. Stick around for the next one, bud. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what about, you got uh, a couple more you need to wrap up, Travis? Um, You know, maybe not. Maybe I'll just save it for the uh, the non-rap party. Just hold it in, that dude. Way I did watch, uh, well, I just don't really have much to say about these other ones. I watched Baby Teeth. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was solid. I don't know. I, what did you see in it that I didn't, Matt? Oh, my God. It's amazing. <laughs> First of all, just, the soundtrack is amazing. Just, just felt like your typical, you know, run-of-the-mill indie flick. It was solid. It just, I don't know. I was I was maybe hoping for a bit more. I love the performances, so I think uh, what's her name, Eliza something, right? As the main the main chick, um, I thought she was fantastic. I thought she was really good. Ben Mendelsohn is the dad. You just loved how it was similar to Eternal Sunshine because you had to um, figure out where they were in the story based on her hair, right? Mm. No, <laughs> wait, is that a thing? 
no, but doesn't it go out of order in the movie? Like where it like you I know, don't. I'm pretty sure it's chronological from what I remember. I don't remember hmm. it jumping around in time. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward, uh, um, maybe troubled love story. You know, terminally. Maybe I'm wrong then. Yeah, but I thought that there were scenes where she like had hair and then didn't have hair and then had hair again. That's because she's fucking wearing wigs, dude. Eh, I'm always she's fooled cancer by wigs. patient. <laughs> <laughs> it um, always looks real to me. Yeah, that that'll be one that I'll talk about in more detail when we do our best of. But Can't I did wait. give that I did give that a five. Um, I I just I think it's really funny. I think it's uh, emotional. I like the way it looks. And the like I said, the soundtrack. It just there's some bangers on that on that the soundtrack. Sound, I don't know. The soundtrack's not really um, sticking out to me. It just felt like a a lesser one of those movies. You know, like a not quite a Me Earl and the Dying Girl, or you know, kind of had like a American Honey vibe to it with the the relationship, but wasn't quite as good as that either. It was just you know. It was good. It just, I was hoping for uh, the same reaction as you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Didn't Can have we it. all wish for that? Yeah. <laughs> I got, wish we could all love movies as much as you, Matt. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry you've fallen out of love with film. But don't take it out on my babies, my baby oh. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's all I really have. The rest is not important. Let's hold it in, dude. It's what we call edging. <laughs> oh, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of edging, I did rewatch Possessor, and oh my, that is a movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I'll save that for the the 2020 unveiling episode. I uh, oh, dude, come on. We already know it's gonna be your number one with a bullet. I you're not know. you're not fooling anybody. I don't know. There's one other movie. <laughs> Just like I'm not fooling any I'm not There's fooling one anybody. Other. It's called Tenet. Keeping notes at home. <laughs> no, no, it's not Tenet either. It's not Tenet either. It, well, until you get the rewatch of Tenet in. Oh yeah, that's happening. <laughs> Real soon. Uh, what about you, Tom? Anything else you want to mention? Any any films that you watched in the in the interim or just uh, TV for the most part? Just TV. Mm. films 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 no what are those no i wouldn't, I wouldn't who cares film is dead <laughs> it's all about miniseries now yeah what even is film anymore you know well so so matt when are we doing the next or when are we doing the 2020 best of episode i need to see how much i need to cram in the next however many weeks um, I don't know. I was thinking about maybe doing it on my birthday, if you guys are down. Sorry, when Which is that? Which is uh, <laughs> the 10th. <laughs> oh, man, that's a lot of cramming in 10 days. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. It doesn't have to be, but that would be, we're recording on a Tuesday today. That would be two weeks from now. Um, we could push it back another week, though, like the weekend of the 16th, 17th. Well, I feel like there's a a couple movies that I haven't had the opportunity to see, no matter how much money I spend. And then there's a couple movies that I've been eyeing that have not hit streaming services that I might pull the trigger on for the show. 
And then there's a few others I've just been dragging my feet on that I feel like I have to watch. And then there's a bunch of stuff where probably won't make the list, but I feel like I might have to check the box, but maybe not. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm open. I'm hoping we can push it out as far as possible, but I'm open. All right. Well, we can have this discussion off air. Um, Willing to do it tomorrow if we have to. I got a list. <laughs> uh, but Tom, not. have you seen at least 10 movies? You've hit the 10 mark by now, right? <laughs> no, hold on. This will be worth looking at. <laughs> Watch Wonder Woman 1984 come in at number 10 just by I, virtue I of it being the 10. For 2020. I bet okay. you're probably at like 15 yeah, to 20. Tom, half the movies for 2020 are probably going to be listed as 2019. I'm yeah, that's it. true. You can't really do it that way. <laughs> well, while Tom's looking this up, is there any movies you are dying eight. to see, Matt? <laughs> what, what's the verdict, Tom? Eight, eight movies. <laughs> that's just, that's the say twenty twenty though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to do you'll have to do some uh, digging. So you've diary. probably seen like you know twelve to fifteen. Well, if I take the filter enough, well, this is easy enough, right? Just. Uh... I mean, the diary's probably not too hard to oh, yeah. scroll oh, yeah. through. I saw a bunch of movies in um, like January and February. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them were rewatches, but whatever. Um, to answer your question, uh, Travis, um, a couple horror films I need to catch up with. Uh, Relic and uh, The Dark and the Wicked are the big ones. Uh, no, Dark and the Wicked on my radar. Dark and the Wicked is a uh, uh, Brian Bertino's new film. The guy who did uh, that's what the Brian Strangers. Bertino do. <laughs> uh, gotta watch that. Uh, Sorry, what was the name of that? Uh, the Dark and the Wicked. Dark and the Wicked. Uh, still need to see. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Um, eh. uh, the Vast of Night. <laughs> I'm curious about that one. Oh, I did watch film. that. I meant to talk about it. It was solid. Yeah, it seems that's where most people land on it, but some people it's really like, love it. So It's really cool for like a, you know, low budget first time type of movie, but in like the grand scheme of movies, it's, you know, it kind of follows the same tropes of other movies like it. Mm-hmm. Like I you don't really watch it for the story. You probably more so watch it for like the the low budget effects and just the like first time feature of it all. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give that one a poke. Um, I would love to see promising young woman, but I don't yes, think it's going to be available that is at the top of my list with the uh, nomad land. Yeah. That's the other one. I've got nomad land. I'm eyeing that thing. And I'm like, come on. I know you're going to be number one or two. Just, just come here. Let me watch you. But I can't do it. <laughs> and I don't think we'll have a chance. Sounds uh, pretty promising. It sounds like that would be up your alley too, Matt. I've got it on my list. Um, oh, that's the one with Matt's, Matt's Michelson, right? Yep. Yeah. You're going to have to pay the six or seven bucks if you want to take that gamble. Well, I may. I just may. Got yeah, that's about it. I want to see uh, <laughs> Baku Rao and uh, yeah. First Cow. Oh, yeah, duh, First Cow. That's streaming, though. That's on Amazon, um, I, I want to see On the Rocks. Yeah. Yeah, Kajillionaire. I definitely want to watch that. Yep, yep. 
Same with Wolfwalkers. Yep. And ooh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. I'll put that on the the list of want to watch. Um, I don't know if it's still on there, but it was uh, available to rent for two dollars on Amazon, down from I, six. I rented it. I just haven't watched it. Me yet. too. <laughs> <laughs> And cool. then what's the last? Oh, um, Black Bear. I also want to see Black Bear. Black Bear. The oh, with Aubrey Plaza. That's the one that um, the Paris? Paris or was it Tom? Yeah, that she texted about us. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a bunch of other you know random stuff that could make the list, but probably won't make the list. But you don't know until you try. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. All right. How about we wrap it up? What do you guys say? Let's do it. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Next time we are here, it will be our 2020 blowout episode. Could be two weeks. Could be three weeks. We will see. Just keep an eye on that feed. On that feed. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, we'll be back with some hot takes on the year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, Our Lord, if you worship Satan, because this is the year from hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, So we'll be back. Uh, Keep an eye on the feed also. We got a new episode of The Digest. Um, We're going to be discussing. Yeah, when are we doing that? I still need to rewatch those. Probably this weekend, I'm guessing. Sometime. I've seen both, so yeah. Well, yeah, but you got you got to get the rewatch in if you want to be uh, on the show. Exactly. It follows and shivers are going to be uh, sexually transmitted death is the theme for the next app. So uh, keep an eye on the feed for that. That'll be coming next. Then the 2020 blowout. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Talk to you soon. Feliz Navidad. Peace out. Say it's alright Say it's alright